It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm happy to have you join us today. We have a very important topic to discuss, anti-aging for your brain. You know, I have many thoughts and opinions about nutrition today, so bear with me. Have you noticed all the fundraising events for major diseases such as breast cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes? You know, many of these fundraising events are advertised and promoted right here on My Talk 107. You've heard about the three-day walk for the cure, the Alzheimer's walk, which are all great walks because the walkers are getting some exercise. But I believe they're missing a very critical factor, nutrition. You know, who is teaching people how to eat and practice Good lifestyle habits to avoid, to avoid, to avoid these diseases. Do you know if any of the money is going to nutrition education? You know, friends that have participated in these walks tell me that they're fed processed foods full of sugar and bad fats. That seems like a conflict of values to me. You know, and then another thing, many insurance companies are paying a portion of gym fees and exercise class costs, but for some unknown reason, most insurance companies are not paying for prevention that counts, nutrition education. You know, teaching people what to eat to stay healthy. Paying for exercise is great. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but it should be combined with real nutrition, Some believe the reason nutrition is not covered is that the processed food companies would not be happy if people suddenly stopped eating processed foods, box foods, and started eating food grown in the ground or raised on pastures. Hmm. You know, the government just released new dietary guidelines recommending that we should eat less. So what does that mean? Should we eat less healthy fats? I don't think so. Or less processed carbs, less cereal, less pasta, fewer muffins. As you can see, less means nothing. Most important, it does not tell people what to eat to avoid chronic disease, and that is a problem. Now, Michelle Obama seems to believe that changing from whole milk to skim milk is the answer for childhood obesity problems. But what about the chicken nuggets? With 40 different artificial ingredients and 500 calories, or the French toast with high fructose corn syrup, or the chocolate milk that they serve with high fructose corn syrup. Now, the chocolate milk is skim milk, but it's got high fructose corn syrup in it. You know, we need to get a real nutritionist guiding us back to real food, You know, I have more opinions, but I think what I should do 
is introduce <laughs> Wendy Kate's dancer. I wanted to get in there and go, go, but nobody knew I was here yet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Wendy is a frequent guest and host on the show, and she's a registered nurse, a nutrition counselor, and educator, and... Um, We've got more opinions, don't we? In fact, well, we certainly do. But uh, we're so excited about this new this new article uh, mm-hmm. that that new dietary advice is all wrong in the Star Tribune. Here, eat less, like you said. What in the world does that mean? And if we read this article, we see the full insanity of that, don't we? Again, this article is very good about. Uh, explaining why doing the same old thing that we've been doing for decades isn't working and why aren't we having some scientists and some nutritionists coming up and telling us the truth. So if you are, if you get the Star and Tribune, this was an article that was in, it's called The New Dietary Advice is All Wrong. And it was actually in Friday's paper, February 4th, and it was in the Star and Tribune. Opinion A11. Yes. So, and it was written by Paul John Scott, and he is an award-winning Rochester-based health writer. And, you know, he starts this article. Um, Anyone see the new dietary guidelines? Eat less, they say, and you'll lose weight. And he said, yawn. If these are the latest rules for healthy eating, Sounds like a bunch of warmed over, same old, (laughs) that's because they are. Hasn't worked in the past and won't work in the future. Interesting, isn't it, Wendy? That that is very interesting. I mean, it was, we were on the same thought as I was putting my thoughts together. And then I, you know, one of our, uh, Kate actually called me last night and said, you know, have you read this? An opinion page, and I hadn't, and so I thought, oh, we've got to add this remarks this today. Well, but the thing I love about this article is he actually delves in and gets some great information from a person that we very, very, and author that we very much respect, and that's Gary Tobbs. Yes. And he wrote the book, A Good Fat, Bad Fat, that is very thick that we've read, and we've had him on the show. I understand we're going to have him on the show again, right? Yes, yeah, sometime there. in March, he's, we're just... So, which is exciting, but... Yeah. But see, this is what we've been teaching people for years, you know, many, many years. But Gary Tobbs wrote the book, a new book. It's a new book, Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. And I encourage all of our listeners to get out there and read it or, you know, and come to our class because we say the same thing. And what he is saying is fat people are not overfed. They're malnourished. Mm-hmm. And for a very good reason, when we took the fat out, we added all these carbohydrates, which Gary Tobb says, and we say in our blood sugar class, is then when you eat more carbs, your body creates more insulin. Mm-hmm. And our insulin stores the carbohydrates as fat. It was never fat's fault. And also the science shows that as long as insulin is flowing, you're now also not going to be able to burn that fat that was stored by the carbs you ate yesterday. Exactly. And so it's a vicious circle that just keeps causing this problem, these high processed carbohydrates. But these high processed carbohydrates are very addicting. Yes, they are. They taste, sugar tastes great. Let's face it. <laughs> so it's it's breaking that pattern. Yes. 
Right. Breaking that pattern. And then the other thing that um, that Paul John says is that tell people to eat less. Well, you eat less and you eat no fat and you have no energy and you sit. Yes. And so it's like, (laughs) okay, so, you know, let's just keep doing the same old thing we've been doing for decades. So basically warmed over a couple of messages. He says the guidelines are not addressing the real cause of obesity. And I just have one more thing to kind of quote here. Just one? One. One more thing. <laughs> you know, John Paul Scott quoted research published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. This is, I, so let me say that again, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. This, I love this. And can we have, I think we have even put this on the show before. There is no significant evidence for concluding that saturated fat, now, you know, that's fat, that's that comes from butter and coconut oil, is associated with increased risk of coronary heart disease. And since this is, or cardiovascular health, since this is February Heart Health Month, I thought we needed to talk about this. And even Dr. Oz is now saying that coconut oil is great, and we all know that coconut oil is a saturated fat. That's right. So, again... I encourage people to read that article. I think you'll it's love it. It's extremely well done. We're it very is. happy with the, you know, the research and uh, with this John Paul and how he has put all this stuff together. It's just or Paul John, how well, he got his name backwards. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Paul John. So maybe Wendy, we should get back to the topic Our about topic, healthy brains. Healthy brains, yeah. But you know, I mean, when we're talking fat, yes. What does our brain need? Healthy Lots of fat. fat. Yes. Lots of fat. 60% fat is our brain. So uh, as we, we want to keep our brains young as we get older, right? Often the lights of the brain dim unless we actively work to keep it healthy. So when you woke up today, did you ask yourself, how am I going to keep my brain healthy and functioning? You know, I know as we age, there is less blood flow to bring oxygen and glucose to the brain cells and to take away the waste products. There are less antioxidants to protect the brain from free radical damage. But honestly, there are simple things you can do to prevent disease and keep your brain healthy for a long time. Until recently, no one believed it was possible for you to regrow brain cells. But new research has shown that human brains generate new brain cells all the time. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. So what are the key factors for keeping your brain functioning, and how can you avoid those senior moments? Well, is it time to take a break? Yes, it is, Dar. Okay. So So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, as your weight goes up, guess what? Your brain size goes down. Oh, oh. Dr. Daniel Amen, who wrote Making a Good Brain Great, Recommends avoiding the dinosaur syndrome. Big body, little brain. (laughs) No, the dinosaurs are coming back. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever your reason to lose weight is, you know, is it to keep your brain young and functioning? Or is it to fit into an airplane seat? We're offering some a great solution. Nutrition for weight loss. We have a series of classes, 12 classes. They're one hour in length. And then in addition, they, you get two individual nutritional counseling sessions with a nutritionist. So really, you're getting three months of education and support. 
And we have a class starting February 10th in St. Paul and in Wyzetta, February 11th in Lakeville, which is a morning class, and then North Oaks, February 16th, and that's an evening class. So call our office, 651-699-3438, or you can check it out on the website, weightandwellness.com, and we'll be back in a minute. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. When you are deciding what to eat, a couple of good questions to ask yourself are, is this food good for my brain or is this food bad for my brain? If you have questions for us today, uh, how to keep your brain healthy, and I would hope everybody out there is thinking about that today. Mm -hmm, How do I keep my brain healthy? Because our brain is very, very important. Give us a call at 651 Six four one one zero seven one, and we would be happy for you to join our conversation this morning. But before we move on, I just want to move. I, I just want to share because this is a great email that you received. Are we just have to share it with our yep. listeners? And this lady is from Thailand, of all places. I know, so you are <laughs> you are doing worldwide re- nutrition, just like you always dreamed, are. <laughs> And she says, "Hi, my name is Jill Ross, and I currently live in Thailand." Teaching kindergarten. Isn't that neat? I, I love it. I discovered your show while browsing through podcasts. I cannot tell you how much this show has helped me in just a few months. Unfortunately, I am unable to locate any type of grass-fed, pesticide-free, antibiotic-free food due to the economics and farming practices of this country, let alone the language barrier at grocery stores. Few places sell Western food. I just wanted to say thanks for all the information on vitamins and supplements, those I am able to locate at a very high price. But nonetheless, I now feel better and have more energy and have learned so many great recipes. I made the change to whole fat foods also, and I can see a great difference in my skin, my hair, and my nails. Thank you so much for your show. It really has saved me over here. I look forward to every new podcast, even if the title doesn't relate to me. I always learn something valuable. Please keep up the amazing, life-changing work. Best regards, Jill Ross. And we did not make that up. (laughs) We did not pay her. No, we did not. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it is. It was fun. So we get a lot of fun emails these days, and I wanted to share that one. So so let's get back to our brain. You know, some of the most important brain saviors is 
to control your blood sugars. You know, in the past, the old message or the wisdom in nutrition about the reason for controlling your blood sugar was to control diabetes. Today, there's a new message or wisdom about the importance of blood sugar control. Control your blood sugars and you will control your weight. You will support your brain cells for regeneration and function. You will maintain organ and physical health and keep your hunger in check. So, wow. I know. Isn't that great? That says a lot, a whole lot more. You just said a whole lot more than all these people put together that said eat less, you know, just oh. eat less. Yes. Yes. Probably. <laughs> I know. You Isn't know. that great? So, <laughs> you know, I want everybody to know that we know how to do this stuff. We do. We do. And we know that higher blood sugars in people with diabetes damages every organ, including their brain. I don't, you know, and that's a part I don't think people realize, right? Right. What, they don't, they can think, okay, yeah, I know it's going to be my kidneys or they my... They might have the kidneys or the heart disease yeah. or the neuropathy, but... but your it, brain. That's right. High blood sugars make, actually make the blood vessels hard and stiff, which increases the risk of a stroke, heart disease, high blood pressure, and all increase, all of these things increase the aging of your brain, accelerated aging of your brain. High blood sugars impair memory and other cognitive functions. So we have more problems with word recall and these senior moments and also focus. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are having these problems. You know, we all know that we experience higher blood sugars after a bowl of cereal, juice, and toast. The pancreas can overreact producing too much insulin, and then we have low blood sugars, which, again, leads to short-term memory problems. So blood sugar is really the key. Controlling your blood sugars is really the key for brain health. Oh, and I I know this one 100% personally. You got to control your blood sugars to have good memory and focus. Right, and able to think. I mean, our blood sugar, you know, our brain lives on, uh, you know, sucrose, yes. good Look, sugar. Yes. So we have, and it needs, a, you know, a constant supply, not too much. It doesn't like too much. Right. And it really doesn't like too little. It can't function at all. Exactly. So, so balance your blood sugar. And I know that that sounds too simple. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. And it is hard work. But it's necessary and it's important. And we have to ask ourselves, why do we have an epidemic rate of diabetes today in the United States? Mm -hmm. Is it because we need to eat less? Hmm. I think not. Is it simply the excessive amount of processed carbs in our diets? We often mention two cups of most dry cereal turns into 12 teaspoons of glucose or sugar in our bloodstream. And you know, if you're listeners, it just take two you know, like take t- two cups of cereal and look at the back back package and see right. how many grams of carbohydrates. And then take that number and divide it by 4. Now, most servings on the side of the package says the serving size is maybe a half a cup or 3 quarters of a cup. Right. But we're talking, no one just eats that much. No, it's like, how big is your bowl? Yes. You, you fill the bowl and, with the cereal. You know, a lot of people eat three cups. Yeah. So we're talking two cups turns into 12 teaspoons of sugar, right? Right. 
And we haven't added the skim milk and the orange juice and the piece of toast. Yes. You know, which brings it up to probably, you know, 24, 32 mm-hmm. teaspoons of sugar just for breakfast. So when we talk about two cups of dry cereal again, that turns into 12 teaspoons of sugar in our bloodstream. Then we add the bottle of Coke. A 20-ounce Coke has 17 teaspoons of sugar, mm-hmm. all of it high-fructose corn syrup. What and about? Then, then, then we could call them out and do that same. Oh, my gosh. I, yes. <laughs> yes, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm, even more. Uh, or then we could pick up a bagel. Yes. I think we're talking probably about a lot of people's favorite foods oh, out there and the way so. people eat. A bagel, you know, and I, dar, I ate these for years, the 11 times I did Weight Watchers and all the mm-hmm. diets I did because mm-hmm. they were low fat. Yes. And only coming to see you, did you tell me that, Wendy, a bagel weighs in at 57 grams of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. You're eating 14 and a quarter teaspoons of sugar. Right. And that was just a plain one. That's not the <laughs> cinnamon sugar ones out there and the apple caramel, right? What about two pieces of pizza? Pizza has sugar? We think we're giving our kids or eating uh, protein. In two pieces of pizza, you're eating 12 teaspoons of sugar. And what this all amounts to is we are all eating, the average American is eating way over 15 teaspoons of sugar daily. And How guess many what? teaspoons? Did I say, what did I say? I think you said 15. Oh my gosh. 50. 50. Okay, Over that's 50 more like... teaspoons of sugar daily. And our organs are reacting, especially our brains. Mm-hmm. You know, we now have preschoolers uh, being diagnosed with depression. Yes. And that's yeah, sad. It is sad. It's very sad. So I have more news about what was going on in, in to the, this, this today because ABC News ran an interesting news article, news story, this week about baby's first solid food, rice cereal, and how it may be setting kids up to crave sugar, leading to obesity and diabetes. Dr. Alan Green, now we've, we've, we've actually talked about this, I think, on the show before, but it's really fun to see other people now talking about some of these things. We're sometimes ahead of our times. But Dr. Alan Green, a pediatrician at Stanford University, said, I have been studying nutrition very carefully for more than a decade now, and one of the things that I have become convinced of is that white rice cereal can predispose children to childhood obesity. In fact, I think it is the tap root of childhood obesity epidemic. He went on to say the problem is that it is basically like feeding kids a spoonful of sugar. I believe it is, you know, I believe his theory is correct. Not only does it lead to childhood obesity, but it leads to type 2 diabetes and sugar cravings. Absolutely. It's and we seek sugar cravings. Everybody, almost everyone comes in and says, I crave sugar of some kind or another. Sweets, desserts, you know, whatever. Bread. Or, or it's bread or pasta or chips, right. things that turn into sugar. So sugar cravings are really running this obesity epidemic. And what if it wasn't your fault? You know, which we tell people all the time. What if it's not your fault? What if your mother fed you rice cereal Think. that predisposed you to this 
uh, insulin resistance. And really, people you know, believe that that was the right thing to do. Ab- well, right, absolutely. And we're telling mothers now to f- the first food should maybe be a little bit of sweet potato and avocado. Avocado. You know, little maybe a little bit of maybe. the egg yolk, not the egg white, but right. the egg yolk, things like that. That's not going to increase your blood sugars. So I think it's time for a break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. One of my favorite brain supplements is called Brain Vibrance. It was formulated several years ago by one of my favorite nutritionists, Robert Cran, who wrote Nutrition Made Simple. Brain Vibrance contains three of the most important nutrients to support brain function. The first ingredient is phosphatidylserine, and it's great for memory. The other one is phosphocholine, and that enhances mental focus. And the third ingredient is acetyl-L-carnitine, to energize the brain. You know, it comes in an easy-to-take gel shot. It's a bit expensive, but we had ours before we started the show today. Yes, we did. We always have, and I, I, lo- I, I really appreciate this formula. Yes, it's great. Keeps it's me good. going. It keeps us all going. So we'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Uh, before we went on break, and uh, well, actually, for this whole half an hour, we've been talking about lots of things, but our focus on brain health, again, brings us back to blood sugar, which brings us back to everything, doesn't it? It does. It mm-hmm. absolutely does. So we want to welcome everybody back to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about uh, supporting your brain and brain health. And one of my favorite supplements for um, brain function is CoQ10. It's also great for energy. It's great for heart health. Every cell in our body uses CoQ10. It has been used for decades in other countries to treat chronic disease, especially heart failure. Researchers believe that CoQ10 is important in protecting cells' mitochondria, the energy centers of each of your cells. And Co- actually, you know, Greg was talking about this last week, wasn't he? He did. He, yeah. yeah, you guys this were, comes up frequently. Yep. Sorry to interrupt you there. No problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My brain can take it. <laughs> CoQ10 helps to prevent degenerative brain disease. Taking CoQ10 is a good anti-aging insurance policy. Good for your heart and good for your brain. If you have questions today about brain health or, again, these cravings and blood sugar issues we're talking about, please give us a call at 651-641-1071. And we have a caller on the line, don't we? Yes, we do. Lindsay, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, ladies. Hello. Well, I've been listening to you for a really long time, and any time I ever talk to people, I always tell them I'm homeschooled through you because I tune in every (laughs) week. So we can add that to our resume, Dar, homeschooling. <laughs> well, um, four weeks ago today was the last time that I had any sweet treats. Wonderful. Yep, Yay. I'm, and I, I went cold turkey, and I haven't hurt anybody. And oh, good. I think you get a pin for that or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, we should be getting given out buttons at meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you feeling? Do you, what? Well, I feel... I feel kind of two ways, I guess. In one way, I'm feeling fantastic and I'm sleeping better. 
Um, I didn't think that I needed to lose any weight, but I dropped 10 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And when I say sweet treats, I'm also talking about my very favorite spicy Thai kettle chips mm-hmm. and my popcorn with salt at, in the evening. And Wow, you are. You're, you, you have been listening to the show. I have. But now, and I even, I even stopped in and I bought some of your Crave Control, which really helped me through those first couple weeks. Yes. You know, just it does. Over the bump. But I'm feeling like I still crave that stuff. And I think it's more habitual. Like when I sit down at, at night to watch a program on TV, that's when it really kicks in. I want something. So okay. I'm wondering how long this torture is going to go on where I'm, I'm even dreaming about bowls of popcorn. I'm not even kidding. Well, I think one of the <laughs> things you have to do when you sit down, you have to have a different kind of healthy snack. So maybe you do an apple with a handful of almonds or something like that. Um, So you have to substitute, because you're used to having a snack, and we think it's healthy to have a snack. Oh, yeah. But you just have to have the right kind of snack. A healthy snack. Yes. So whatever kind of satisfies that, um, and and it is different for each person. So that's one possibility. And it does take a while. It does take a while. We are, you know... I was at last Sunday. I was at went to the movies, and I just noticed how many people walked in, and they bought that big bag of popcorn, that big, the great big one, yeah, the great big one, and a couple of cokes. And we didn't do that, and we were in the minorities by far. So people are in the habit of everything that they do, they eat this kind of food, and it does take a while to break that habit. I, you know, the first time. I went to a movie, I took almonds and water, and, you know, now I just take water. But it's it's something that you just have to, it, in, you know, it, it'll go away. The habit will go away. So, when do you have another thought on this? Well, I have several. Okay. <laughs> so, Lindsay... You have more sugar cravings than I do, so uh, you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Lindsay... Um, and I can totally relate to dreaming about sugar. I mean, my whole life before I got to nutritional weight and wellness was either thinking, you know, white knuckling, uh, not eating sugar or just eating it totally out of control. And so um, we do a lot of things, uh, many things that we put in place at nutrition. At nutritional weight and wellness, you know, one is to keep that blood sugar balanced. Uh, you haven't heard that before yet on the show, have you? Uh, you know, which is so important. And and then I want to make sure that you're getting plenty of good fat in there because fat is the only macronutrient that can balance that blood sugar. Oh, like I said, I've, I've listened to you guys for a long time. I, I don't know what people eat in the morning if they're not eating eggs. Yeah, so, exactly. So... I, so I'm it's all about lots of fat. Yeah. So don't don't. Effect, I've been adding a lot of coconut milk. So great. Coconut milk, and I'm making good protein shakes with that. Great workouts and things. Oh, it's so good. Great. Well, so so okay. Well, that's wonderful. That because that's the first that's the first thing is balancing that blood sugar, and then Lindsay, you might we might need to look at uh, your intestinal health. I mean, maybe you don't have enough uh, good bacteria. And uh, because that can lead to cravings. And then maybe you're just one of those people that needs to take crave control for a few months instead okay. of just getting over that hump because that will build up your neurotransmitters over time. Okay, and so, no, but I've great been, job. I've been taking one dose of the um, probiotics from Nutritional Weight and Wellness to the Metagenics. Okay. And 
Could I take more than one oh, dose absolutely. a day? absolutely. Yeah. 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 I would increase that to two or three times a day. And okay. probably um, add, adding in some glutamine. Because really helps with cravings. That really helped me. Yeah. The, there's just been a lot of research done on how glutamine reduces sugar and alcohol cravings. And, you know, okay. alcohol is a sugar, so it okay. reduces. And so I often have people taking glutamine three times a day, you know, just maybe 10 minutes before every meal. With the good bacteria. With the good bacteria. Excellent. So try those. But you're well, doing a great you. job. Thank you. And I was so impressed with, with your staff, too. I mean, they just really took time and explained things to me, and it's wonderful. Well, we like to hear that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Thank you. And we didn't pay you before you called, did we, Lindsay? <laughs> no, but if you'd like to, I can call in No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you Lindsay. so much, Lindsay. That's great. So, Wendy. So, we, um, should we get back to talking about brain health? Okay. So, yes. we were talking about the fact that this Dr. Alan Green, a pediatrician at Stanford University, his belief is that feeding kids rice cereal as a, you know before the age of uh, well you know as babies you know like well right when, six months right yeah something you know increases the risk of childhood obesity and type two diabetes. So right, and we know Dar. I mean, the Center for Disease and Infection Control is telling us that every child born out to the year two thousand. One in three will develop di- type 2 diabetes. Right. That's pretty scary. It is. That's pretty scary. So, yeah. So, uh, and the, also, we have the American Medical Association publishing the results of two multi-year studies of children at risk for developing diabetes who were fed fiber or rice cereal before four months of age. They were found to have four to five times more, uh, more likely to have an autoimmune response mm-hmm. leading to type 1 diabetes. So it doesn't seem like cereal's a good idea for kids. Babies. Babies. You know, as adults, whether we were fed rice cereal or not, for us to maintain a healthy anti-aging brain, we must eat in a way to keep our blood sugars in that normal range. Somewhere between 70 and 95, 100 maybe, and do it all through the day. You know, at my age, in my genetic predisposition, I need to keep the cereal out of my diet. I need to keep the bagels out of my diet. I need to keep the popcorn out of my diet, the baked potatoes out of my diet, the cookies, the french fries, the mochas, now, I'm sure that everybody's out there going, what in the world do you eat? <laughs> I eat really healthy foods. <laughs> it's fine to have steak and chicken. and Oh, that sounds good. You know, sweet yeah. potatoes. You know, you know, I always think, you know, and I really do. When I look at food, I, do I want to keep my brain, my toes, my kidneys, my hearing, my eyesight? You know, by the way, and I bet you know this, Wendy, the one of the leading causes of cataracts is having higher blood sugars and eating too many processed carbs with too much sugar and bad fats, mm-hmm. going right back to that eyesight. So I also ask myself, do I want all these diseases or do I want that treat? 
Which is not really a treat. After you got done talking, it's like, that's <laughs> what kind of a, that's not a treat. Well, most be a, but so yeah. usually reason and reality wins out. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> reason and reality. So um, it's time for a break again already, Dar. So um, it is. Oh it my gosh. Is. So um, we are talking, we're discussing uh, brain health and in, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And I'm here with Wendy Cates Dancer, registered nurse, nutrition counselor and educator. And we're discussing anti-aging for your brain. Eating healthy, balanced snacks are good for your brain and good for your metabolism. So we thought we'd talk about snacks. So here Great are a couple idea. of balanced snacks that are easy and quick. You know, take a wasa cracker. Those are the very healthy crackers. Smash up a half an avocado, spread it on the cracker, and add some shredded chicken. Excellent. Great. Very good. So, or you could just have a boiled egg with a half an apple coated with butter, or peanut, peanut butter. I'm sorry. Coat the apple with peanut butter. So, all good things to... Nutrients for your brain. Yes. We'll be right back with Dishing Up Nutrition. So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Be sure to tune in February 12th on Dishing Up Nutrition as we're going to discuss polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, it's on the um, rise. Mm-hmm. So we were talking snacks a little bit. A couple other good snack ideas. How about some cold sliced steak with some carrots and ranch dip? You know, ranch dressing. Yeah. Or even better... I find this, people love this idea, is have a cup of chili or a cup of our chicken wild rice soup and have that in the middle of the afternoon and it helps you get through that three to five time. That's right. That everybody has little cravings. That's right. (laughs) Three to five. So we have lots of questions here. We have lots of callers and uh, just to answer a couple of quick questions, uh, what's wrong with rice? This processed rice, and we've been talking about feeding babies rice, and the these multi-year studies, this was actually published in the American Medical Association, for babies, uh, in, you know, infants that were fed rice cereal before four months of age, they found that a four to, they were four to five times more likely to develop autoimmune diseases and uh, leading to type 1 diabetes. So, really you know, interesting. Proce- it is. Processed mm-hmm. rice is, is um, you know, really uh, spikes our blood sugar. Yep. So let's get to our callers because <clears throat> okay. we have several people that have been waiting for a while. Uh, Kathy, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thank you, thank you. You had a question about CoQ10? Yes. My question is, now, is there different doses a person... You know, with different ages, like my husband and I are 59, 60 and stuff. And we just, you know, we need to know, you know, what dose to take. Well, personally, I'm about your age, and so I take 200 every morning. 200. Yeah, I don't think you have to take quite that to have good effect. Maybe 100 milligrams would be enough. But it it needs to be in a little oil gel, um, you know, capsule soft gel, because that's the most effective. Okay, but, um, right. you know, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you had a more, you had more questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. My other question, what do you, with the, with the gluten, you said that to help with the cravings and stuff, what is considered a good bacteria? Would that be like your yogurt or your Greek yogurt? Well, I think what we look at is something that has bifidobacteria in it. 
Bifidobacteria helps cravings that come from the small intestinal tract. And you might be able to get some in Greek yogurt, but I think if you have a lot of cravings, you need to take a capsule of it, or or it comes in powdered form. So it's called bifidobacteria. Bifidobacteria. Yeah. Okay. Bifidobacteria. Bifido. And, and then the other thing you take with it is L-glutamine. Yes. Not glu- to be confused with glutamine. Yeah. yeah. L-glutamine L- is an amino acid, so. Now you can buy that at the drugstore or something? You can buy yep. glutamine probably, but it's very. We don't recommend at the drugstore. Uh, go to your uh, your health food store, or okay. come to our office, or, or a chiropractor, or, or like co op. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Have yeah. a good day. Yeah. You too, Kathy. Hey. Bye bye. Let's so, go to our next caller. Okay. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi. Good morning. I'm sorry. Uh, good morning, ladies. Uh, can, what is your name? I'm, Hello? I'm, I'm sorry? Liz on the line. I said, what is your name? Uh, Liz. Oh, Liz. hi, Liz. Okay. And the reason that I'm calling, and first I should apologize, I am on a cell phone, so in case there's any kind of funky business that's going on with the cell phone. Okay. So um, my question has to be with the CoQ10 you were talking about. Yes. Um, I have never heard of that before, other than you know, I turned on the radio this morning and heard you ladies talking about it. Um, my question is based on the fact that I am a stage four cancer patient, and uh, and I and I was diagnosed at forty, and I'm only six months out of um, radiation at this point. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of the things we know. Uh, as patients is the very first and biggest side effect of the drastic chemotherapy treatment that I had, for example, was heart defect or, you know, heart causes heart problem. Mm -hmm. And what I'm wondering is would the CoQ10 be effective for a person such as myself? Well, you know, a CoQ10 is actually a master antioxidant. That's what it is. So any type of antioxidant is going to be good for you because okay. it, 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 it stops that free radical damage. And honestly, uh, in other, like in Europe, they would have, if people have um, heart failure, they would probably have people on 1,000 milligrams of CoQ10 a day to support that heart muscle. So I can't see any downside at all of taking a couple of hundred milligrams of CoQ10 as a protection for you, even maybe 400 milligrams of CoQ10 as a protection for you. Because what it's going to do is it, when we talk about it being a master antioxidant, it helps the vitamin E and the vitamin C and all the other antioxidants that you have in your body recycle and be reused so you get the benefit from them continually and that's how it works. Plus okay. the fact that it helps that mitochondria, that your energy furnace inside your cells work better. So most okay. experience, people experience a little better energy, just feel better. So, yeah. And it's it's totally safe, Liz. Cause, I mean, our body, our, our liver actually manufactures CoQ10 for us. So I, You know, okay. I would really recommend that you do... Get a good quality. Yeah, good, get a get good a really quality good, and yeah. really see... There's so much research that has been done on CoQ10 and how important it is for people. But thanks for the call. It's great. Yeah, and, and good luck to you. Yes, very Thank good. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Should we take another sure. call? Guys? Yep. Hey, I'm trying to figure out these lines uh, over here. Okay. <laughs> we have Don on the line now. Okay, Don. Welcome to the show. Good morning. 
I have a question about um, the snack that you are talking. Um, for breakfast, I usually have yogurt, which has like 12 grams of sugar along with almonds mixed in. Mm-hmm. For snack, I would have an egg. Lunch, sometimes I have like a scoop of mashed potatoes with gravy and hamburger mixed in. And then uh, cured, non-cured grass-fed beef stick for snack. And then sometimes for dinner, all I have is either an extra-large meatball with vegetables. Um, can you just give me your overall perspective on that I, and you know, what I, I need to add? Or yeah, Actually, I think you're doing pretty well for balancing your blood sugar. Maybe, you know, I might replace the yogurt possibly with vegetables to be have more, you know, more nutrients coming from it, but with your egg... But, you, you know, you're doing okay with what you're doing. And even you you said kind of a small scoop of potatoes, which is fine. You can have some potato as long as you're not having too much. I, you know, I think you're doing a good job. I think maybe the beef stick with a little bit of fruit in the afternoon and maybe a few nuts would would make it a little bit better. But generally, I bet you feel pretty good, don't you? I do. I do. You know, I since August... Year I cut out all dairy, most dairy except for the yogurt, yep. and um, sugar except for the yogurt, and occasional snack that I shouldn't have, um, and all bread and things like that. Yeah, so. yep. I think you're doing a good job. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thanks thank for the call, Don. We appreciate it. So uh, we're it's it's interesting uh, how people look at things and uh, you know how they. How they actually bring things together. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So uh, when we look at brain health, you know, we, we, uh, we know how important it is to balance our blood sugar. And then we want that. That is just key to an anti-aging brain. Let's yes, keep is. our brain fed exactly how it wants to be fed. And that is keeping your blood sugar balanced. Exactly. And CoQ10 is a wonderful supplement, again, for anti-aging, antioxidant. And hasn't this been fun, Dar? It has. And it's been great you, fun. Wendy. We've had a great time Keep on the those show. brains working. Thank and you. we'll be back next week with Dishing Up Nutrition. Bye. Mm-hmm.